Hey, welcome in to another episode of the True Crime Podcast, brought to you in part by The Grinds. This is your host, Maddie Matt, along with the storyteller, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Big Renee. Welcome in, everyone. This is episode, I believe this is episode four. Episode four, yes. Episode four. Uh, we've been uh, doing a couple of True Crime episodes. Uh, if you want to hear what we've done in the past. Check out our website, www.thegrindspodcast.com, or look us up under True Crime Podcast on Spotify. And grinding True Crimes. Grinding True Crimes. I'm sorry. Grinding True Crimes. <laughs> it's all new to all of us. It's all <laughs> Grinding True Crime on Spotify and Podbean. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> once again, Grinding True Crime. So, we're going to get into uh, a little quick summary of what we've talked about. We talked about Richard Ramirez and the crazy serial killer he was. Uh, we talked about um, the killer in Memphis mm-hmm. that killed pretty much half of his family members. Dotson. Yeah, his name was Dotson. And we talked about uh, another scene where three young kids were murdered. And then the sick one when the ex-husband uh, husband killed his ex-wife on the gruesome one. I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't like that one. But yeah, that one pissed me off. If you want to hear what, why it pissed me off, just go listen to our uh, our podcast. Joe Cahill. Yeah. Yep. But this one, this one right here, my guy Todd told me, he said, this one... It might it might bother you even more. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just it just gets you because I think uh, I don't know if it'll bother you a little more. You but said it'll get me for a twist. Yeah, it'll get you for a twist, and it'll kind of it'll just be like really like like the audacity, you know. Yeah. I like that. I like thinking. Yeah. 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 So is it really gonna make me think? I think so. Yeah. Mm, well. Well. Without any further ado. Todd, take it away. I'll take it away. This title of this case is called A Killer Calls. The Killer Calls? A Killer Calls. A Killer Calls. Okay. <laughs> yes. In the uh, last few days, I'll get right to it. In the last few days of a hot summer in Kansas City, Missouri, 2004, detective get, uh, detectives get a call, uh, or 911 gets a call, um, about two about, about a foul smell from uh, the back of these um, houses over here in Kansas City. Now, <clears throat> the, the district district of this uh, neighborhood uh, is, it's the prospect district of this neighborhood in Kansas City is a well-known working class neighborhood but it's been hit with, you know, sort of like, you know how jobs come and go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manufacturing jobs. Yeah. <clears throat> Basically, that neighborhood's kind of dro- uh, dropped in fa- as far as work, so you have a lot of like prostitution, drugs, abandoned homes. Sounds like the hood. Yeah, it is sound- it sounding like the hood. <laughs> it's uh, It gives you a feel like of a Cleveland type area, New Orleans type area the, okay. the, the bad areas you okay. know so it's it's an economically affected area basically what I'm trying uh, to say what time what, what time era was this it's 2004 2004 2004 ooh that's yeah. recent yeah it's not too long ago <clears throat> uh, well so a guy was mowing his lawn on one of the houses and he across uh, the street there's a vacant home it's been vacant for quite some time okay and he got a he started to smell something so he called the police the police came down as they searched they found inside the garage uh, they still had a car in it with a lot of debris. I mean, just people just lost their the, homes. The vacant home? The vacant home. Yeah. Okay. As they went in there, they found two bodies stacked on top of each other. Get the heck out of here. Yeah. Two bodies. 
One lo- looked like it was put there maybe about a week ago, mm-hmm. and the other one looked like several weeks ago. Badly decomposed. Yeah. Dang. So did they know it was man or woman? Or? It was two females. Two females. Two females, and they both only were dressed in socks. Butt naked, but thoughtful. And covered with debris. Dude. So, like, you know, like things from the garage, tree branches, covered in debris. Okay. So far, I'm guessing, uh, obviously, they might have been raped. We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. All right. So, let's see. So, good. Good <laughs> so far, you're on, on duty. So, um, Sergeant Doug Niemeyer takes the case, and he starts with a squad down there, and they, they find, you know, it's not your everyday normal homicide or a scene, because obviously, they're thinking right away, this is pretty gruesome because the first body hadn't been there for a little while. No one noticed it. The killer came back with another body. So they were trying to find out and searching the home in adjacent areas. Was there another crime scene where this person or person persons killed these women and maybe dragged their body over there? Because they couldn't find any. They stayed there all night looking for clues to see how those women were killed. They couldn't uh-huh. f- find it. They tried the ultraviolet blue light over them. So they didn't have no marks or anything on them? No. Nothing. No stab marks wounds no, nothing right oh dang no, no bullet wounds or no bullet wounds wow okay yeah. good looking out both of you guys that's All good right. so so as they were investigating they started collecting they did find some fibers and they did find some semen so so they found that so they were like okay we got that but we still don't have a cause of death got it so basically two days later um well here's a, here's the thing on the first body they were able to pull a print you know, and it was a uh, what is it called? Uh, they were able to because they were they were figuring there were prostitutes and they were they were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were uh, two African American females and they were able to pull a print and they got the ID of it was a 35 year old that had been known for prostitution in the area. Okay, and had a crack problem and they identified her. Now the second body was so decomposed they had to use this uh, what is it? This potassium hydro- hydrogen peroxide liquid to dang because the, the it was almost mummified dang. being out in the element the hot sun yeah basically so what would that do to peroxide uh, would like it would give it re-moisturize the skin got it to where they could lift a print and they wound up lifting a print and they found out it was a 58 year old uh, mother and she was a prostitute as well yeah. crack F- problem 58 58 dang. 58 out yeah, there yeah time was hard on her that's just so I was gonna say so uh, her name was uh, Sheila McKenzie. So you got those two out there. They were they were still trying to process the case. When they finally identified the two, notified the families, it went on the news. Okay. And the news picked up the story of the two bodies on the 10 o'clock news in Kansas City, Missouri. And, um, you know, after a while, you know, because they, they notified the mother of, of uh, Sheila McKenzie and they said, yeah, we haven't seen her in three weeks. And that's when the cops were like, yeah, it's Dang. about how long she's been she's been out there, at least three weeks. <clears throat> so once they were finally able to get the um, oh, are you going to say something? No, no, no. I'm just, just, I'm just visualizing that, man. Just imagine that you ain't found your loved one in so long and then 
they find them. Yeah. Chances are it's not gonna be good news when it's been that long and you hear that they found. So it's just I was just visualizing how that effect must have been. But dang. All and, right. and see, that's a problem too with prostitutes and women of the night. Mm. You know, they really don't. Uh, their families really don't know. Yeah. Because they're true. always out. Yeah. Yeah. And they could be in different scenarios to where they're on either a drug binge or they even travel to another city to do prostitution. Yep. And then they'll come back. You know. So maybe they were just figuring she was on another binge. She was on another mission. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> they had no idea. That sucks. So when that devastating news was was presented, then they were finally able to go to the news. The cops still had nothing two days later. Nothing. But the only thing they did find out was the fact that the first one that was um the I think it was Sheila, she was uh, strangled, but so violently her neck was broken in the process. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And then the second you, one, do you think he, he wrapped his throat, hands around her throat? It or? was hands. Oh, because damn. they um, yeah. But when they they were able to uh, when they did the autopsy, mm. you're able to see that. I don't the know print. exactly how the the coroner does it, but they were able to see because usually yeah, if someone's freshly strangled, you could see fingers Fingerprints yeah. or hand marks, and there was none of that. Mm-hmm. So probably the, had gloves or anything. No, the, the body just decomposed enough to where. It was, oh, that's the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We couldn't really okay. tell because on bruising on a fresh body, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell. But when they're out there for a week or a few days, it yeah, hard. it Dang. is. Especially with the humidity, it was a real hot. Because I don't know if you ever been to Missouri, it gets super hot. Dang. in the summer. So here's where the case takes a real, real weird turn. 1051 that night, this is about an hour into the newscast, 911 gets a call. Okay. It's from a raspy voice, sort of like a hidden voice, and the 911 dispatcher says, "Who 911, who's this? The guy says, uh, on 27th and Prospect, you will find another body. And the, the 911 says, what are you talking about another body? I'm responsible for those two others on 24th Street in Prospect. And this is, a, and then she's like, did you kill this one as well and he's like yes and he goes how did you know how do you know um how do you know where the body's at or oh no she goes how do you know where the body's at because i killed i killed her and the other two and and she's like why because they were prostitutes and then and then uh she goes your name and he hung up and then so you would think okay if someone calls into 911 yeah you would think, okay, well, they can trace the number. The number automatically calls because yeah. I don't know if you've ever called number yeah, one. Yeah. They know they your know, number. They know they know you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back in 2004, I don't know if it's the same now, but back in 2004 with those flip phones and everything else like that, if you did not have a cell phone carrier to your phone, and it wasn't like one of those ones now, even the uh, what is it called? The the ones you could buy at Seven Eleven, the oh, throwaways. Like the throwaways. Yeah, yeah, the two, burner phones. Yeah, like a burner phone, exactly. But in 2004, you if you didn't have a carrier for your phone and that was your phone you were basically unlisted they mm. couldn't pick up a phone number on they you they couldn't ping it on they the c- satellites or anything I'll get to that oh okay I'll get to that okay but well, you're way ahead of me. oh hey man <laughs> I know <laughs> but, what, but what they could do what the, what they couldn't what, what the killer did use in his favor was the fact that it always dialed 911 mm. so you can always dial 911 but that's about it yeah so and then you're unlisted so right then and there the cops had no trace on the phone call so basically, they went down there to check out the the scene, four blocks from the original double homicide. Just four blocks. Just four blocks. Ah, there's, a, there's a third body. 
So they, so it was confirmed. It was confirmed. Wow. The the cops went over there, and and again, this is in a neighborhood that has people living on it, but it seems like every other house is vacant, and this is right behind a big freaking vacant house. And it, the house looks great. It, I mean, it's older style, but but it was like look at four bedroom home, two story, but overgrown brush. And in the backyard, there's a body, and it had been there for a while to where it was mummified as well, almost skeletal. Wow! Oh, wow! No one saw it. So the cops got the brilliant idea of you know what? Maybe she wasn't killed right here. Let's search this canvas, whatever. They went into the basement of the house. They found the underwear. They found the pants. They found a belt and some like snacks and, and like older stuff. And they're yeah. like, man, this has been here for a few weeks, you know, at least. <clears throat> and they, they figured she was murdered down there, carried outside. In that tossed vacant out. house, right? Yeah, in that vacant house. Uh-huh. Tossed outside. Yeah, tossed outside. But again, with brush, like just broken branch leaves, leaves, trash put on top of the body, left out in the open. Man. So at this point, the cops are like, dude, he's taunting us. You know, we, we, you know, this, we don't want to say the S word, serial killer. You don't want to, you don't want to freak people out like the coronavirus, you know, cause that's how it is with serial killer. This guy. Yeah, yeah. I'll get to that in the other show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And basically, you know, they were like, why is he calling? Because we have nothing on this dude. You know, why, why is, why is he calling? I'm thinking something. Okay, okay. But I'm awake. <laughs> so, um, they obviously know it's a it's a pattern. It's the same guy, you know. And, and so, again, yeah. the, the next day, uh, the you know, the next day, uh, there is um, another phone call into 911 because... Don't tell me. What happens is the news gets wind of it. They put two and two together and say a third body was found in the Prospect neighborhood of Kansas City, Missouri, blah, blah. They have the news crews down there doing their thing. Uh-huh. The killer calls in again. And he told, this is the second time. Second time okay. called in. Now, as he calls in, he thus then states, I have two more bodies to show you. Dig. So total five. This is now five. Wow. And, and he says, he says, you can find them. You can find one on 24th in Olive and one on 27th in Prospect in an alley. It's something about the 20s block. Yeah, and the Prospect and the neighborhood. Prospect neighborhood. Yeah, it, yeah. Was it a vacant house? The neighbor. Yes. They're all close together. Wow. And and the neighborhood. The neighborhood is about. Uh, the Prospect neighborhood is about maybe. I want to say three and a half, four miles wide. So they're feeling okay. The killer's definitely in this parameter. He's got to be. And so basically, with the fourth and fifth victims, the you know the detective says, you know what, this is beyond us. This is unlike anything we've ever seen. We're calling in the FBI. Quick question: That third woman who was found, did they identify well, like what race she was? Was she also she was Af- African American? Yeah, yeah. And these two, and these two are also African American. So okay, yeah. So it's continuing here, and he, he, he don't like blacks. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get I'll get to it. There's a rhyme and reason behind all of this. Okay, all right, all right. I, I don't agree with it, obviously, but I think I I, I kind of have an idea, man. But I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I think I. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So victim four was found under some couch cushions and some brush in the backyard of a vacant home. Okay. And uh, close to an alleyway. Dang. Victim five was found twenty feet away on the other side of the street uh, 
badly de- decomposed to skeleton skeleton remains. So he killed these people while a while back. And weeks now ago, he's he's, tra- he's playing games because if you think about it, it's been weeks mm-hmm. and nobody has reported any of these women missing. Nobody and this and again, this is not your ghost town neighborhood. Yeah. As bad as it is economically, there are people in the streets. There are people going up and down. People live there. Although there's vacant homes, there's still people, people living there. And I'm pretty sure he was tripping the fact that no one found his dirty work. Yeah. And not only that, like you mentioned earlier, you know, nobody's no, not going to really pay attention to a prostitute. You know, they, they're kind of like the, you know, the uh, the invisible type people in the society. Like, no one really pays. They might not have too much mm-hmm. family and stuff. So, yeah. that's a, that's an easy target to do. This this is nothing new, guys. If, if you think about it, because what yeah. you're talking about, I, mean, I totally agree. You can go back to Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper is what a uh, um, homicide killer who mutilated prostitutes mm-hmm. in the 18, or well, I don't know, I forgot what year it was. Anyway, way back when. And that's unsolved. And think about it. Prostitutes weren't valued then. They're not valued now. And the only the only time, like a white woman or an African-American woman who's making money or insert race here that dies in a affluent um, community will get press. Yeah. And especially white women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> you, you, you string along either, it doesn't matter the race when it comes to prostitute. You yeah. can, because one in Louisiana, it was, a, I think it was like four or five white women and three, um, uh, African American uh, women as well. We'll get into that case someday. That one's still unsolved. Wow. But there was like seven or eight that went before anyone noticed, and so that's that's a problem I have too. Like yeah. you said, family gets involved, and then they're looked at the, as the dregs of society. Yeah. So it's not really a pressing case for police to go after. Yeah. So unfortunately, this one, because of its I think dramatic ways, got the attention of the cops and the FBI because it's like no, we can't have this happen. Happening, no yeah, matter yeah, yeah. who no they are, what they are, is. yeah, yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, so FBI comes in. Yeah, the FBI came in and was immediately running, you know, canvassing with the police, going door to door, trying to look for any kind of DNA. Unfortunately, those bodies were too decomposed to find anything. So again, their their whole hopes were on that first body because that's the only one they were able to lift anything from. <clears throat> and it's going to take a while to get anything, any kind of you know feedback from the DNA. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to, and this is all happening with, within days. Now the fifth body, here's the problem with the fifth body. Okay. Now this one was found, like I said, it's kind of by an overpass at the, the far end of the, the city or far end of that area. And there was, the cops quickly noticed in the FBI, quickly noticed a, a McDonald's uh, cup with fresh soda in it. Next to her? Yes. And, and a McDonald's wrapper with a burger not too, you know, not eaten away by the ants all that much, meaning that there was, it was fresh. So someone was right there. So they're thinking it had to have been the killer because anyone in their right mind would have smelled what those policemen smelled and would have been like, oh my God, there's a body or, you know what I mean? Or freaked out. And they wouldn't be finishing a McDonald's hamburger right yeah. next to the body. Yeah. So this guy, they know he's there. They know he's... He, the cops are thinking, okay, all these people standing around, he could be in the freaking the group of people. Yep. So now they're they're having to watch their backs and watch the people because who knows who it could be. So 
right away the press gets wind of this and they also find out that one of the fifth victim was uh unfortunately she was adopted and she came back into the area she was only 23 ah oh, dang and they called her smiles she had a street name of smiles she she came back to the neighborhood to find her biological parents she was having a hard time finding them found, fell on hard times became a prostitute got into a bit of drugs and then she wound up like this Dang. So they, the news ran with it and was uh, was was very upset, and they went to go have a uh, press conference about it. As they're doing the press conference, they're they're informing the press, okay, this is what to say and this is what not to say, but this is you know they're answering the questions. They revealed the fact that hey, you know some of the some of the information we're giving you, you know, don't put it out there. One of them was that they're tracing the killer trying to by the cell phone because of the cell tower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They know it's bouncing off of one cell tower. So what does the news do? They want him to call in. But the news goes live. One of the channels locally goes live with the information about they're waiting for the caller to call in so that they can trace that trace him. Well, the caller the caller doesn't call in because of news. Wow. So the police are really upset. A couple more days go by. And they still don't have any evidence, you know, linking anybody. <clears throat> when they find out that one of the cases that was um, a pro- before all this happened, they found a body seven weeks prior that had um, before all the yes, other before five? all the, before all the other five. They found a body seven weeks earlier, and they figured it was a crack overdose because she had drugs in her system. When they redid the autopsy on her body because they didn't do an autopsy on her body, they found out she was strangled and. Wow. Wow. She had the 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 signs of the brush on her. So same thing. same thing seven weeks. So she was the first victim. Wow. So it's so right now it's at six. Yo man, this guy is nuts. Yeah, this guy is nuts. So he's doing this for a reason. Yeah. I, I kinda have an like I said, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, there's something behind it. Like he's doing something for good to society or something. But but So here's where one of the cops gets really Really smart. He's obsessed with it. He goes to bed at night listening to he, he downloads it to his phone or to his tablet and he's listening to the phone calls of the guy and he starts getting on a system like we have and starts narrowing down taking out the noise reduction or trying to trying to smooth it out because his voice is kind of hard to hear. He starts to hear children in the background. That's a smart cop. And he starts to hear train horns in the background. And so then he looks at the Prospect neighborhood, and on the very west side of the Prospect neighborhood, there's there's um, there's these apartments or sort of uh, 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 homes, townhomes right over there, and there's a railroad track right behind it. Mm. So he drives into the neighborhood. And as he drives into the neighborhood, he hears the train. He's he's very eerie, like it's eerie to him because he hears the train horns. He hears kids out there playing. He's like, this guy's in this neighborhood. Uh, in this neighborhood. And how far was it from the other? Like like not too far from. It was basically a mile away. Wow, a mile away. So <clears throat> as as all this is happening, meanwhile at the same time. Can- the FBI is canvassing the neighborhoods, all the area of the prospect neighborhoods, and they're trying to pull up any sex offenders, anything. This one girl by the name of Leah, she doesn't give her a full name, comes forward and says that I, a couple weeks ago, this man, a tall African-American man, strangled me, raped me, and left me for dead in a house. 
and I woke up, thought I was dead, but I wasn't, and I staggered out of there. He was gone, and then he, she goes, I saw him a couple weeks later, like just last week, and he looked at me like he saw a ghost. And so she was, she was tripping and she, and they're like, how come you didn't come forward? And then she's like, I was scared, blah, blah, blah. She goes, do you know, they go, do you know his name? And she's like, no, but I would recognize him if I saw him again. He's tall, has a bald head, um, always in black, always wears black. So, okay. So as they're canvassing this at the same time, Dang. at the same time, this white prostitute comes over to the cops, pulls them aside and says, Hey, I know of this guy. You need to be looking for this guy. He killed his wife 22 years ago, slashed her throat, you know, and he's been talking about how he wants to kill, kill every prostitute in this neighborhood one by one. And so the cops are like, really? You don't say. Dang. <laughs> so That's crazy. People, people pay attention to things. Yep, yep. So um, she names him only by Terry. She just knows his first name is Terry. So as the co- the cops call it in right away, they start profiling right, real quick to see how many Terrys are in the neighborhood of Prospect. There's 25. Then the one cop comes forward with the information about the area and the, the cell tower. And he says, look in this area. Is there one in this area? One name pops up. Terry Blair. Dang. He was arrested 22 years prior because his wife went cheating on him in the streets, became a prostitute. He caught her in the act, slit her throat in front of everybody, then dragged her back to the house, covered her with brush, then called the cops telling him what he did. Wow. He served for 22 years for that. There's our guy. There's our guy. There's. So. Now, if you tell me it's not this guy, because you said there's a twist to it. I'm waiting for the twist. We'll see. Okay. So basically what it came down to is the cops ran the story in the news. Now, they don't know where this guy was. They went to his mom's house. They went to his sister's house. They couldn't find anything. They, but they didn't realize that where he was calling from, again, when they went back down to that neighborhood, they heard a train horn. The, the kids were right there. He was calling from outside, just taunting the cops right outside. And, well, uh, as they ran the story in the news, Mr. Terry Blair was watching TV with another prostitute at her house. And they saw his face flash up. She immediately got up. He tried to grab her, but she ran into the bathroom, locked herself in, called the cops. The cops were down there like in in a minute or two. And as they were searching, she was screaming. She says, I know he's still here. He couldn't have gone far. As they searched the property, you heard hands up, hands up. One of the cops found him under, hiding underneath one of the cars in the back. And they picked him up. Dang. So they took him downtown. Okay. And they're trying to... Smart thinking for that prostitute. Bob. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She, she could have been another one. Yeah. Um, so basically, they, t- they had him in. They talked to him all night. He was very talkative about everything else. But when they showed him the pictures of the prostitutes that were killed, had nothing to say. Wait, did he fit the description? Oh, he fit the description Tall, all the way. black guy? Yeah, yeah, everything. Okay. And, you know, he murdered his wife. You know, all that was true. And they were mentioning, okay, you know, look, we have other all these bodies that were covered in brush. You know, you have a pattern here. You killed your wife. You called the cops back then 22 years ago. And you did the same thing now. 
You know, this all came full circle. Just admit it that you did it. And when the frustrating thing is the only thing they were able to hold him on for for two weeks, the fact that he violated parole because he hadn't checked in with his parole officer. Otherwise, he would have walked. Dang. Because they had literally no evidence of his... He was going to get away with it. Yeah. They had no fingerprints. It was all hearsay. Dang. But the only thing that came back, which saved them, because they had him in custody for for two weeks, they were going to have to let him go in two more weeks. But the DNA was rushed through, and the DNA saved the day because in the end... The DNA on that, on the, on the, which wound up being the last body he killed, which was the first one they found, came back to him. So everything linked him up just wow. by DNA. And so in the end, he was convicted to six life terms. Not, not executed, obviously. And yeah, and they were able to prove that uh, with including his wife, he, he murdered a total of seven. There's two other similar cases out there that they can't quite link him to, but they feel that he was responsible for. So he could be, you know, a murderer of nine total. And then the other woman who called him in and said that, hey, she could have been 10. She could have been 10. God and, and, the, and the one and the one that got away. Remember, oh, yeah, she, she, was choked, she was choked out. She was choked out. That could have been 11. 11, yeah. So Yo, man, this guy was nuts. So in the end, Terry Blair is uh, is your serial killer, a less known serial killer for two reasons in my mind. He killed only prostitutes, and he was African American, and well, three, and it was in a poorer area. Area. Otherwise, this would be a bigger case than this. Yep. yep. I honestly, I honestly thought it wasn't a African American person that was killing. Oh, you think it was? Like I thought. A, I, I didn't think it was a white guy. I, it could have been another race. I just thought it was another. The race there, there, there's a couple of those that are going to come up that I'll get into. Yeah, that'll be like that. Though you'll be like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I knew, I knew that your the, the wheels in your head were were, yep. were, were moving because right he there. was only targeting prostitutes. So you're probably thinking he was doing something good for society, like they're they're scum, like he's cleansing, like, like he's cleansing the yeah. earth. They're scum or whatever, blah blah blah. Because I've heard I've heard of a case on uh, Joe Kinda of someone doing that, mm-hmm. and um, I thought it was something similar to this, but I, you did throw me for a twist on that. One. I didn't think it was going to be. Well, think about. It, if you if you think about his psyche, I mean, he killed all these women because it, prostitution ruined his marriage. Yeah, his and life he, turned to it, and he probably had something good going back in the day. And then the fact that now you know he served twenty two years of his life, he felt justified, and now he sees his old neighborhood, which was a, a, a way better neighborhood twenty two years prior, what is down in the dumps now, and what's running the damn thing, prostitutes, prostitution, drugs, and- yeah. And so he didn't take it out on the drug dealers because, no, you know, he's too manly for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's target somebody who he can take it. Yeah, let's take out who he feels responsible and which is all these women. And then uh, not only that, the only thing that got me about this case, too, it's like, okay, if you're so gung-ho against these prostitutes, why are you having sex with them then? Yeah. You know, probably a way to set them up. Yeah. And then, too, you know, a guy's got to let one off, you know? Yeah, but I mean, like, if that's the number one thing that's hurting you, you know what I mean? Why are you going to still... You're still going to get your... Because if he didn't... Pardon the the, uh, the term, but if he didn't get his rocks off, you know, likely he walks away from this. You know True. what I mean? True. Because the other the other females, or maybe he felt, okay, the, the temperature, the, the, the weather is going to take care of any DNA that I left. And he, and, and he was right on the other ones. 
but the last one they caught her within a week so Dang. if he didn't stack them I think in that yeah. way too they were too close yeah he, yeah if he didn't stack the two and he put the other body somewhere else you know they would have started with one that was already badly decomposed they had nothing they had nothing dude you know what the crazy part is he didn't use a condom yeah that's nasty. Yeah, they all traced him. Yeah, yeah. For him to, have, to have, for him to, for her to have his, you know, mm-hmm. semen in her. Well, there's far worse that we could talk about because there's <laughs> like, ooh. there's another one that reminds me of that the uh, Green River Killer. I'll, I'll get into that one someday. That Green one's River, that one's gonna Green be Green River Killer. That's Green a, River. That's either gonna be a two parter or a three parter, dude. Because that one's that one's pretty brutal. And that was up in my old, not my old stomping grounds, but in, up in Washington, Seattle, Washington. Really? Yeah. Ooh. That Washington, guy was. Washington's that, not getting a lot of good press. There's a lot of serial killers up there. <laughs> really? Yeah, a lot of serial killers up in Washington. Ted Bundy spent time up there. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of them, dude. Ooh. And I'm supposed to be going up there in a couple of weeks, man. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, this, this one didn't hurt. That's sad. I didn't really feel as emotional about this one because, you know, more life lost in this one mm-hmm. than I did the last one. But this one, he got his justice. Six life terms. He never see the light of day. Yeah. You know, so. He'll, he'll likely be in like an isolation. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah, right now he's Missouri, one of Missouri's uh, worst uh, killers. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's sad in a way. But um, I know this is a shorter case than the other one. I just wanted to, no pun intended, just lay off the kids for give them a couple weeks off because, man, you know, we had some brutal, yeah. brutal kid murders yeah. the last couple weeks. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> this one did throw me for a twist. I'm not going to lie. It did. Like, I was thinking one thing, and then you, you spun it for another way. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you that. All right, my man. But it was brilliant detective work. Uh, I'll, I'll as we wrap this up, man, I, I think it was uh, really, really good because, again, I mean, they had nothing to go on. If the other cop didn't narrow it down, I mean, there was quite a few things that could have just went. Yeah. He could have got away with this, too. Yeah. I mean, he really could. This came really close for him. I mean, he could have fled the area. I mean, there was... Never a, got him. Yeah, yeah, but... I'm just glad it was 2004 because the technology then. Back then, they couldn't have pinged probably the satellites and the cell phones. And stuff oh, like yeah, that. they wouldn't have had that. They, yeah, it, it would just been a cold case. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Well, there you guys have it. That was our story. If you liked it, if you want to hear more, you can contact us on our uh, Podbeam and Spotify. Grinding. Grinding True Crimes. True Crimes. <laughs> Gotta get that. It's because we just built our website yeah, right yeah. now about it, so it's, it's, it's still fresh in my mind. <laughs> the Grinding True Crimes on Podbeam and Spotify. Or you can also you reach us at grindingtruecrime at yahoo.com if you'd like to send us a message or give us a suggestion or tell us how much we suck or how we are, how good we are. One of the two. <laughs> Either one. Because all are welcome. Yes. <laughs> not all the information we're going to say is going to be, you know, we might skip out some things. We might miss out some things. So, you know, we are an unprofessional as 
professional as we can be. <laughs> and some some things in the Richard Ramirez case, the first case I chose to leave out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because there was a couple brutal things in there that I just was like, you know, it does is not really going to hype the story any more yeah. than it already is. Yeah. So you told me what you left out. Yeah. And you told me I was just like, yeah. what the heck? What? Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. Dude. So uh, I figured, nah, let's let, let's let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you did, man. Because that, yeah, I just couldn't even imagine that. So yeah, but but nothing left out on this one, right? No, no. I I, I mean, I, I left out a couple things because I could have got a little nastier on what they found in certain certain areas. But good I, man, I decided to. Yeah, I want to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good man. <laughs> and I've got I've got some pretty interesting cases coming up. Uh, a request. Um, we actually have a case. I don't know if I'm gonna do it this week coming up or the following, but it's actually a case that inspired uh, the movie uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yeah, you was telling me about that. I can't wait for that. Well, one I don't too. know if you guys want me to do that one next week. I can do that one next week. What do you think, man? You want to do it next week, Renee? I'm kind of. I want to hear. It. I want to hear it too. I want to hear it too. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that one. This one inspired the movie. Chainsaw. Yeah. Uh huh. That's great. My dad lived through that area. Really? That era. So he saw it on the news. Really. I'm kind of curious how I want to hear this. All right. We'll get into that one. So next week, you guys, you got a little teaser. We haven't done this before. Normally, Todd, you know, throws out by surprise. But this one, uh, we got a little teaser for you. So next week, tune in. You're going to find out what inspired the Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and then we'll, 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 and we'll on episodes like this where I didn't realize it was going to be this short. Next time we'll I'll do a two parter again, and so we can stretch it out. You know. Okay. All right. Well, you guys, there you have it. This has been a true crime podcast brought to you in part by the Grinds. I am your host, Maddie Matt, along with the great narrator Todd Fox and the other host of the show. Hey, and that's it. So hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you next time. See you. Peace.